Welcome everyone to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss, your host. I believe everyone has a story that is unique, just like our fingerprints that put us on the path of our lives. Some find purpose. Every story can help, heal, inspire, educate, and my one big word is to give hope. Normally I have a make a difference Wednesday, but I think I'm just gonna make a difference today with today's guest from Sounds of Autism, and my guest is Cricket Barrientos. I hope I said that right. (laughs) Um, Cricket has an organization called the Sounds of Autism. Sounds of Autism was created in 2011 to bring a voice to autism, education, and awareness for all to be able to respond to this community, especially in a crisis situation. And I think we can all relate to crisis in our current 2020 situation, but I don't think that's the crisis that Cricket is talking about. Please help me welcome Cricket. Good afternoon, Cricket. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm glad that we could touch base on this. So Sounds of Autism, to me, sounds like a Broadway show, but... It kind of is because it says sounds. So please explain to me and our listeners, what is Sounds of Autism? So I actually came up with the name Sounds uh, for a couple different reasons. Um, kids with autism do something called stimming. And what that is, is they pace back and forth and they either flap their arms or they might do something with their hands. It's a natural way of calming the stress and anxiety that they um incur as they um, go out into society or, you know, they're just in an oversensory situation. And so they hum and they make this noise. And it's just like, as they're doing this, they're humming, they're making these noises. They might be talking, some scream. Um, and what we're learning is uh, it's just, you know, you got to kind of let them do it because it's their way to calm where we might go get a massage or, you know, go running or something like that. That's their way of doing that. I also write music about autism. I've played the piano by ear since I was five and I took classical piano for many, many years. And uh, my fifth program with Sounds of Autism is to um, bring autism awareness through education in music and the performing arts. So that's something you'll see kind of started in 2021. That's our goal. When you say sound and you saying humming, I have two nephews that are autistic. Now I'm not with them on a daily basis, but when I am around them, I do notice that two, one of two, one, one, they're on two different spectrums of autism. There is not, from what I understand, there is not just one category of autism. There are different spectrums and different uh, levels, if I, I guess that's the right word, of autism. Um, one is an angry um, individual, and the other one, he does that, like you said, the humming and the rocking, and then his electronic devices are stimulating to him. And you just mentioned that's kind of like a stimulation or their their outlet where we would physically go running or do some sort of craft that would keep our minds either relaxed or preoccupied on on stuff. From what I understand, autism, the brain is constantly going. Is that right? Absolutely. They say when uh, a child with autism or a person with autism looks at your face, they take like thousands of pictures of your face within seconds. And it, it I mean, all this stuff is going in their brain. And I noticed that with our son, when that happens, he 
we'll sit down and take an entire ream of paper and draw pictures and write names of dinosaurs. And he'll do it. And it's almost like it's clearing his brain to make room for more information. I also understand that an autistic individual, because I say, wait, I say individual because as children, we do grow into adults. Yeah. Um, and I have met a couple of adults with autism. They're also gifted. Oh, yeah. Very yes. gifted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Landon, um, his passion are animals, little schlike animals, big schlike animals. And he can go in his room and I bet you he has baskets, probably, I bet you he has 50 baskets of animals in his room and they're just piled because as much as he has a passion, it's our way of like saying, okay, he did a good job. And you know, we, we way spoiled him on this to the point where now it's like an obsession. So we need to kind of go backwards, but he would pull an animal out of the bin and say, I got this at Christmas in 2015, or I got this on my birthday, or I got this in a grouping. And he could tell you exactly when and where he got it and, and it registered. And he remembers since he can remember, you know, probably four or five years old, he remembers everything when it comes to animals. But if you asked him what the list was that I gave him to clean the house yesterday, he would have no idea what that was. <laughs> I think that's selective memory because I, I know I have that at times too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, my one nephew um, is very, very smart on his electronic devices. Very smart. Um, I think he could probably beat the game systems. And then my other nephew, I'll never forget. I think he was about 10 or 11 years old. And I came up the street in my car and I was talking to my sister and she said something about money. And I said, I don't know. I don't know what it was related to. And I was like, I don't know how much money I have in my wallet, but let me check. I had exactly $37 in my wallet, but did not know that, Right. So I pull out my wallet and before I even opened it to see how much cash I had in there, my nephew says to me, oh, you have $37. I was like, oh, okay. You know, he's a kid. I'm like, okay. You know, he just threw out a number. That's exactly what I had. And there's other things that he has said that he has no idea. He'll, he'll have said something that I know exactly where that would have come from. And yeah. I'll look at him and he'll just look at me like, what? So I feel he's um, psychic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, their senses are over sensory. And when I say that, um, we'll be, I don't know, sitting and watching a movie. We just ordered a pizza and the pizza man's down the street. And I mean, way down the street. And Landon's like, the pizza man's here. And I'm like, how does he know when the pizza man's here? He can hear those things. So it's just, um, there's definitely a different um, um mental capacity. And I think it gets lost in the antisocial behaviors or the awkward behaviors. People look at that and they don't get to see full autism. So we're really focusing with Landon's animal passion. Uh, we're actually gonna, we're creating a show called Lanimals. It'll be a YouTube um, show and it's called Landon's Animals, Lanimals. And it will be him as the host. And then the MC or the person that opens the show is Isabella. She's nine years old. She has a personality bigger than the sky. I mean, she's just uh, so bubbly and beautiful. And she is also autistic, but high function. She's going to open the show because she tells me, Cricket, there's so many ways that we could do this show to really capture the audience's <laughs> attention. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, she's nine years old. But they're not afraid to get in front of a camera 
And Landon's, I mean, he's written all these PowerPoints. And so we're going to try to start at Cabela store where he can share the animal that, you know, is on display and, and talk about it and tell people why it's so important. But really my whole idea is to get him in front of a camera, both of them, so that that society can see beyond the awkward and antisocial behaviors. Ginger, you say that because um, whether it's autism or any special needs, um, as human beings, we figure that everyone, and I don't like using this word norm because there's really no norm. There's different norms for different people's, different situations, different lives. Um, this is their norm that we don't understand. We, as myself, not being autistic and not having special needs, um, for me, it's one of those, I can't communicate with them because I don't understand just as they clearly can't communicate because they don't understand it's their focus in their mind. So the sounds of autism has to do again with music. It's music. It's the humming. And it's also bringing a voice. We want people to hear what this community is about. And a lot of times, like I said, it gets lost. So yes, the music piece is huge. My dad was a band director when I was growing up and I've been around bands since I was born. Probably, you know, I, heard it when I was in my mom's stomach, like that's how much we were around it. And um, I played the piano, but I also played in the marching band and I was uh, a conductor in high school. I did the marching band and all that kind of stuff. So I have, I have a passion for it. It's not something I ever wanted to do as a career, uh, but if I need to sit down and you know, kind of take away my overstimulation. I play the piano and write music. And so I started writing these songs and one was called My Baby Angel. And it was just talking about how parents go through a mourning phase when they find out that their child has autism. It's a diagnosis thing. And it's almost like you had this understanding that this child was going to be a certain way. And, you know, when I heard I was going to have a boy, I grew up with all girls. So I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, it's the first boy in our family. And it's just so exciting. And, you know, I'm thinking football and baseball and all these things. And then, you know, when the diagnosis came, it's like, well, he, he doesn't have the, the most uh, mobile skills to be able to do those things. And you really don't want to put him in those situations because of the brain and, you know, just different things. So, you know, what I guess my perception was of having a boy and how that was going to be was it changed and it wasn't a bad thing. And I probably did go through some mourning, but it was more just, okay, am I capable of raising this child? Like he's so smart and he's just so intelligent and I never want to let him down from getting to that maximum capacity that he's capable of. Um, because the world doesn't accept him or I don't accept, you know, what it is. And I finally decided when I did Sounds of Autism that it would be easier for me to change the world than it would be for me to change Landon to fit into this world. And so that's what our mission is. And I can't wait to share like all of our long-term goals because one, I'm, I'm a fighter. I'm not going to give up and I will always duck on the next door if I have to. Um, but I also know that, um, that I'm not afraid to be the voice of that community because I feel like, you know, we, we definitely have their best interests at heart. We want them to grow into a more independent adult life and give parents the peace that they need to be able to pass on and not think I'm going to leave my child behind and they don't have a plan. Right. Um, and that's really what our goal is. You know, when you say leave them behind, yes, we all do pass away at some point, whether it's unexpected or naturally, we do forget that we, we did make the choice of having children. And then you throw in, like you said, a special, a special needs. I don't like to use the word, um, 
uh, what's the word else? Uh, totally forgot what word I was going to use after I just said it. Oh, disability. Some yeah. would refer to that as a disability. I would say it's a special needs because it is, it's, it's a special um, grouping of an individual that we don't all have an understanding, let alone, we don't even know how it even becomes what we know it to be as autism. Because when I was growing up, not that long ago, of course, <laughs> I never heard of autism. So when my nephew, my sister had my son or my son, my nephew, she was going, trying to figure out why he wasn't, like you just said, not able to do certain things that we know kids to be able to do. And then he was finally several years later diagnosed with this. And I think, like you said, there was this morning a loss of thinking that this child was going to be like her other children or all their children that we know them to be in the school systems and to not have something into places for them to be able to, as they grow older, have these skills or know how to survive should that day come when that day comes that we're no longer there to be with them. That's heavy. I, that made me just feel real heavy because I didn't think about it. These kids only know one thing and that's what's in their mind um, and you really can't reprogram them. You have to be programmed to them. Does that make sense? Yes, that's exactly um, what I say. <laughs> yeah, and I learn something new every single day and every single person I speak to because there are so many different things out there that we're not aware of um, that we can actually make ourselves better or we'll know someone to help someone by referring them because of a situation they can say, hey, me too kind of thing. Um, do you have a website or a contact that in an event that someone wants to talk to you and ask you more about, um, what sounds of autism or be involved? Sure. So our website is, um, it's, it's really cool actually right now because it was actually designed by somebody that lives with autism, um, in his eyes. So when you look at it, uh, when I tell people that it, it is very interesting. However, uh, recently we were given a grant to improve, uh, the look, uh, to encourage people, more people to come on because without us telling people, they're like, Oh, it's just kind of, you know, just a very simple, um, website. And we need to be able to really get in contact with people all over the world. Cause we do, we, we serve, everybody. I mean, it's people all over the world. So it is soundsofautism.org. Or if they want to reach out to us personally, it's info, I-N-F-O, at soundsofautism, S-O-U-N-D-S, of autism.org. And they can reach out to us and then we will, you know, we usually respond within 24 hours um, because we want to help those families and serve those families. And we have a ton of different things coming. I can't wait till the website's done so you can see exactly what we do. But we, um, we definitely have a, a long-term game plan that we think will work very successfully for this community. So I have one other question because I talk to people all over the continent um, and I've had the privilege of talking to a couple people outside of the United States. Sounds of autism, are you only in one state? And I didn't even ask what state that is. So we're in Arizona uh, currently, and the model that we're building uh, to unify responder communities, that's what we're looking at is unifying responder communities. Uh, it will be something that we will build in the West Valley of Arizona in 2021, and our goal is to be able to duplicate that. And people are asking all over the world. It's not just here. I have people in Ireland, uh, England, Mexico okay. that love what we're doing. So yes, it is here in Arizona, but eventually it will be, uh, if everything goes the way we want, it will be something that will at least go nationally. And you can model it, like you said, in other areas that way you don't have to be one person in every place that someone needs to. That is wonderful <laughs> to know. We truly all have communities that, um, 
they go hand in hand. Or if we reach out, you'd be surprised how many people actually could utilize those resources in their community or just a little bit uh, tweaked to what works for their communities. Not that they're stealing ideas, but you're serving like you, you and anyone else who would have found a reason to start an organization such as this. So I commend you for doing that because it does take patience to not only have a nonprofit, but you're also dealing with a, a special individual who requires a lot of attention and time as well as for you or anyone who knows anyone around someone that's autistic, you have to learn patience because their brain does not fire the way that ours does. Um, so save us ourselves <laughs> some grief, right? Um, I love asking this one question. What message would you like to leave our listeners based on either your journey of autism with sharing your son or just about life in general? You know, when I meet people uh, that have kids with autism or they've been raising them and they, they just, you know, finally fall into our world, uh, it's a relief that they seem to, um, to have. And so I tell people all the time, you are not alone. Uh, I wrote a song, uh, You Are Not Alone, um, because I want people to know that we're always here. It doesn't matter for what. It might just be you need a friend or somebody to talk to. It could be you need resources or whatever it may be. But it takes a community to raise a child with autism. And that's why unifying every everybody is, is so important. And there are people out there that don't want to be involved or that they have bigger things or whatever it may be. And we understand that. But then we just ask that those people, they don't try serving that community because they don't know that community. And you really have to know to be successful because they do have that delay of process. Processing, and um, it could be very critical at, you know, for, for people that don't know. So um, you are not alone. That's it. You touched my heart on that phrase all of its own, only because of my personal journey of my tragedy and losing my daughter uh, New Year's Day 2007. I, I did feel alone, and I had not experienced loss. And... Um, that was one thing I said that I would never let anyone feel. And that's why I'm so passionate about doing this show is because I know that I felt alone, but I know now 13 years later, I'm not alone. There are many of other people that can still feel alone until they've been, they've got in contact with someone that says me too. Right. I met a lady a long time ago and she kept saying this phrase, me too phrase, me too phrase. I'm like, what the heck is she talking about? I get it now, but you have to be there to understand what these cliches are. So I love that you said the not feeling alone because it doesn't matter really where we're at in our lives, current situation or otherwise, no one wants to feel alone, right? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> one last time, where can uh, you be reached should someone want to reach out to you? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's soundsofautism.org or info at soundsofautism.org. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Cricket, for being my guest today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you again for being my guest to not only help educate, inspire, and my one big word is to give hope. You shed some light on some different topics um, that happen in people's lives that they're not sure what to do. And in our current situation, we're all in trying to figure out where we're supposed to be going with our own personal lives and then put it into society, right? To my listeners, I thank you for listening. If you have a story you want to share or know someone who has a story or you have an organization in your community that you feel should be featured, please reach out to me. Email me to the address of Christine 
at storiesofhope.com. And that's Christine with the CH and stories with a Y. Until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care.